You're listening to a podcast of Your Pet Matters with me, Dr. Michael Tequila, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077thebronc.com. When your fluffy family comes calling, you know you've got to answer because it's time for Your Pet Matters with our doctor, Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. Progressive Veterinary Care, making waves in pet health care. To access more information, go to progressiveveterinarycare.com. Your pets are in luck because you're going to get all the best tips and tricks to take care of your fluffy best friends from their very own lifelong wellness partner. So let's get started with Your Pet Matters. Good morning and welcome to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequila, and I'm here at the BMX Conference 2018 in Orlando, Florida. We're in the Hyatt Regency right now. It's, it's a wonderful place. You can hear the waterfall behind us, um, just a calming waterfall. And I, I have a special guest today. It's Dr. Indu Mani. She is the editor of Clinician's Brief. So has anyone ever read Clinician's Brief? Then, then you... you you read her work, so to speak, because she has to okay everything. And uh, she's also the Chief Veterinary Officer of Brief Media. And you'll learn about Brief Media, not only through our discussion today, but through previous discussions that I've had with Caleb Frankel. So, Indy, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. No, I'm honored to be here. Great to talk to you. It's great to talk to you, too. Um, I, I really think our listening audience would, would really be interested in and, and, and have a great understanding of, of how did you get into this field? I, I know that previous, before we started recording, you talked about being a minority in veterinary medicine. Mm-hmm. And you're asking about my heritage, which is Japanese, and, and we'll talk about yours and, and history that way because th- there is, some of the stereotypes that we have are actually true. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are true, they are true. Yeah. Um, so I am uh, the daughter of Indian immigrants to this country. I'm from Madras, uh, now Chennai, South India. And I come from a long line of engineers. Um, my father's a nuclear engineer. My brother is an engineer. Um, I would say most of my cousins are engineers. There's a physician here and there. There's maybe an attorney. There are a couple of authors. There, there are a couple of Nobel Prize winners in physics, wow. too. However, there are no veterinarians. So in some ways, you know, that was a little bit of a trailblazing um, excursion for me. Um, I call it the statistical outlier. That's right. (laughs) I am the statistical outlier. And interestingly, in my family and also in this profession, although I think that's changing. Yes. I'm thrilled to see that with the influx of women, there are lots of lots of different colors um, uh, entering the field. And I think, you know, being you and I are both Asian with different stereotypes um, kind of ascribed to us by our families and stuff. But being a veterinarian is uh, is now kind of something that we we see a lot of a lot of uh, people at the conferences and elsewhere, and I, I love being able you know maybe a little bit of a role model. People have reached out and said, "How did you get into this?" And That's stuff, awesome. You know, which is amazing. But so when I we always had dogs, we always had pets. Come from a big family of animal lovers. Um, for those of you that may not be familiar, Indian literature is um, rife with animal imagery. Indian gods and goddesses and Indian mythology, tons of animal imagery. So I have grown up immersed in the concept of animals as being a part of life um, for me it, in literature, in thought, in, in appreciation. Um, and accordingly, you know, our family, a greater family in India and uh, my own personal family growing up, and we always had pets and dogs and cats that were beloved, you know, members of the family. So anyway, uh, it, it just was such a, probably as for most of you, there's a potent desire 
to be involved with animals for me in some capacity. As, as, a, as a young child. Yeah, so, so even you as a young child. You could say that you, the veterinary medicine was in your oh, in your yeah. psyche as a very young child. Yeah, okay. except for bulldogs, which I was kind of scared of them. And I don't know why. Like, if I saw a bulldog, I, they were just so bizarre It's a looking. slobber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a slobber. I was like, do not slobber on me. But, you know, when I, I wanted to, I, I, I think I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a doctor of, of, of dogs and cats. I mean, it was just so natural. So, you know, you go through school, you go through AP classes, you're applying for college, et cetera. I've got my sweet father who was like, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a physician. And I was like, I w I'm going to be a physician. It may not exactly be the type of position that, so, you know, and it, it, they, they talk about career and what you want to be and you mark it on your SAT form, you know, your career choices. And somehow veterinarian was always on there for me. Wow. And, you know, it's just, it, but, but it never was really, into, and I kind of put it away for a little while, but it was always there, you know? And, and so then in college, um, I, I felt so strongly, what's that French term, métier, when you want to do what you want to do yeah, yeah, yeah. in your yeah. life, yeah. and I, it, was, it was really potent for me, I, what I wanted to do, and um, so long story short, I eventually convinced my parents and told them I really needed to, so I applied to veterinary school, and um, I was admit, you know, got in, and uh, my dad is a nuclear engineer, so we moved to Colorado, and I went to CSU which was a little culture shock because I grew up in New Jersey, but it was an amazing education, fantastic education, and I just loved it. I loved being in the clinical setting, pretty electrifying, you know. I did an internship at the University of Minnesota um, in small animal medicine surgery and emergency, and I think I credit that for, you know, allowing me to become a really competent clinician. Um, and, I mean, it was a crazy internship, you know, was out of control, you know, 80, 90 hours, as internships often are. So, finished that. Towards the end of the internship, though, um, I had always had uh, an interest in infectious disease. So, I had read about this uh, being an epidemic intelligence officer for the CDC. And I was like, you know what, that's what I want to do. I want to work part-time in the clinic and I want to... I want to. I want to do research um, in some capacity. So, sort of on a whim, I applied to Harvard, the School of Public Health, and got on a I, whim. I, I and know, she gets in, ridiculous. people. She gets in. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I got admitted and um, embarked on a PhD on a doctorate. They call it a Doctor of Science, but yeah. it's the same as the Doctor of Philosophy. Um, and basically finished. I studied HIV viral epidemiology in uh, in Senegal, in West Africa. Wow. And um, my advisors, you know, unbeknownst to many of us in the profession, Max Essex was the head of the department. Phyllis Conkey was my advisor. Two amazing veterinarians making massive strides in the HIV epidemic and continuing to make massive strides. And people don't realize, and, and garner the same level of respect as all the physicians that are doing the research. You know, they're incredible. And, um, yeah, I can't say enough. I think everybody should Google their names and read about them and look at how veterinarians impact human health. So finish that. At that time, I had, you know, met my now husband, wanted to have babies. And, you know, the weird thing about my desire to be an EIS officer is that I'm also, like, very scared of infectious diseases and very neurotic. Anybody who works with me will know that. So I feel like I, I'm you, sure there's a psychological uh, component. Right now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, did not go that route, and I decided to do some medical editing. And I'm also allergic to cats, and it was yeah, I know. It was, you, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, 
And it's, it seems like a very bizarre career choice no, for it's, us. It's so, it's so, and I have a clinic cat, and he hangs around my oh office. Oh, my gosh. Do you take Claritin every day? I do Allegra. Yeah, you do Allegra. I take Claritin. I take whatever we have at home. Yeah. But if I don't take it. No. I am a mess. Oh. I am like a disaster. I, it's I, so sick. I, and I like cats, and I can't have a cat. And I my, know me my wife's more alert. So my excuse to my to my team is my wife's more allergic. But yeah, I can't. You can't I mean, either. Do you have dogs? I have a dog. Yeah, I'm I have a dog too. I'm, he's yeah. my he's my canine soulmate. Yeah, he's no, my, my baby. My dog is my yeah. Ira. But but so basically, um, basically, you know, I was doing medical editing. I did some. I did some um, peer reviews for the CDC. They had asked me to review a few papers. And I've, I've done some casual other peer reviews. I did some substantive medical editing for scientific publications and stuff. And um, one of the publications that I really liked, it wasn't a scientific publication, but as a practicing clinician, and I should add that through the doctorate, through everything, I never stopped practicing. I have always practiced at least once or twice a week. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and there were periods of time where I would practice full time for like a few months, so I never lost that piece of things. Um, and so basically, one of, the pref one of the publications that I really loved was Clinician's Brief. Um, I always found it really practical and useful, and I could read it relatively quickly. And so I said, and my husband was like, "Why don't you just call one of the? Why don't you call them and find out if they need some substantive editing or something?" And I, so I did. I called Beth Green, who you just met, Mike, a minute ago. Amazing visionary person, and um, and basically I said, you know, I'm available. So I started doing some editing, and then somehow within the year. They asked me if I would be the editor of the journal, That's and I—I I mean, it was an honor. And so, in that capacity, I set the content. I create the articles that you know. I create the calendar. Wow. So the articles that you read, those are my ideas. We, wow. We commission, and I'm hoping they resonate with all of you because oh, yeah. it's the same stuff that we're all seeing in the clinic. You know. Well, even even I, I got to be frank with you. It's like I looked at I look at that as a gold. I agree with you that it's an easy, quick read. Yeah. But to me, it's the gold standard for medical approaches. If you oh, need to learn great. something or look at something, that's where to go. Oh, that makes me feel so good because, and I I like interactive formats. I like palatable formats. So I, you know, Beth has allowed me so much autonomy to try to play with the way the information is presented. And there are articles that are not necessarily trendy. You know, like. Um, my own dog has like fiber responsive colitis. You know, you know, you have to put everything on WD, and then they stop having soft. Oops, <laughs> but you know, so I we did an article on that, and that's not necessarily a sexy topic. But, no, but, but it's a practice. It's practical, and that's the kind of stuff that I want. I want people to read this, and with every article, go away with some main points that they will remember, and then if they want to read in greater depth, they can go back and read the article again. And so my hope is, is that when you read a clinician's brief issue, you're looking at your appointment book and, you know, and, and there will be some interesting imagery and stuff. So with that, though, Beth, has, Beth and I also have, um, have talked about some other, other bigger educational things that we're going to try to hopefully promulgate um, even beyond the written page, so to speak. Um, <laughs> one of them that you've heard about is Plum's Veterinary Drugs, which is... Um, I, I knew Dr. Plum when I was an intern at Minnesota and you know the book of course we all use the book and now we use the app on our phone and it's amazing and it's continuously updated and you know so it's it's a privilege I love this profession so much I love being a veterinarian so much sometimes I hate it and I cry because you know you're dealing with like 
somebody getting mad at you in the, or you know client getting mad at you or difficulty with a case or you know you, it's emotional it's intense it's crazy but you know there's nothing that I would rather do and I have to say that and probably the same for you Mike but the technicians and the CSRs and stuff they keep us going they keep it together they keep it keep it together for us and with yeah. that thought we'll just take a short break you're listening to your pet matters on 1077 1077.com time spent with our pets is never wasted but that's why it's important to take the time to care for their health and right here's the best place to do it with your pet matters so let's bring it to their lifelong wellness partner dr t of progressive veterinary care and let's keep their tails wagging with your pet matters Welcome back, and if you're just joining us, my special guest today is Dr. Indu Manny. She is, let me, th let me think how we can do this. So if you've ever read clinician's brief, so if you're a veterinarian or technician or anyone in the vet field, if you've ever read clinician's brief, she is basically the editor. Uh, the, the concepts and ideas there, which I just discovered last segment, are actually, it's, it's her. She kind of sets the tone for what, what's going out there. And, and I was telling her how much that this magazine to me is it's almost like a little plum, but for, from a clinical standpoint, like I don't know anyone who doesn't pull out plum and now plum's on my phone, so plum's in my pocket, basically. So that giant Bible is now in my pocket, but in the same respect, Clinician's Brief to me is a way of, um, when I see some of these titles, the titles are the key to me. If I see this title about you know, how to deal with feline lower, lower urinary tract disease or something, those are these quick, easy reads that, that always give me uh, a, a blast of information that I may not have even thought about, or I may have thought, oh, geez, I didn't know how to deal with this, but now I do, and I, I think that that's, that's amazing. But, but Indu joins me. me. Happy. Oh, yeah, no, what, what you write makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so don't worry about things like that. But um, So we, we did talk about a little bit about <clears throat> Clinician's Brief and, and where it's going, but also the, whole, the parent company is Brief Media, correct? That's right. And, yep. and you guys have linked with um, London Vet, am I correct? With, uh, That's under, right. Um, Closer Still Media. Yeah. That put, they, uh, they have created these great conferences um, around the world. London Vet, um, uh, Paris, a, a show in Paris, a show in Cologne, Germany, awesome. and now New York. Yeah, so that's New York Vet, and they, and they had their first conference last year, and I completely regret not, not A, being <laughs> fully aware of what it was, was involved and B, going, but um, this You're coming come year. You're going to come this year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm there. You'll be there. I'm there with bells on. Yeah. Whatever you need me to do. I'll be, I'll be a, a wear an outfit, mascot yeah, outfit. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. We, we'll get an outfit for you. It's going to be pink, I have to warn you. I don't but care. We'll get it. I wear we'll pink. get one for you. <laughs> but, but why don't we talk a bit about um, Brief Media itself and, and mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you want to delve into more clinicians Brief, that's fine. And, and the New York... Um, that as well. Sure. Yeah. So Brief Media is a is a is a real media company. Um, started off with one product, which was Clinician's Brief. Has expanded to Clinician's Brief, Veterinary Team Brief, which I'm hoping you also read. Yes. It's an amazing publication yes. about things that are you know non-clinical things, but also you know some clinical things as well for technicians and um, for CSRs, etc. Uh, and then Plum's Therapeutics Brief, which is a specific uh, drug and therapeutics journal that is sort of nestled in the pages of Clinician's Brief now. It's kind of an, in so you, if you see an article on ketamine or you see an article on metronidazole or you see red light, green light, which is, a, um, that's something that I, cre I created to be able to have people think about drug interactions awesome. in the clinical setting and quiz themselves. Um, 
all those products. And what you'll see again in the pages is a lot of is are the vignettes that you've talked about, clinical vignettes, but also interactive articles like a case roots. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. So that's because I read choose your own adventure stories when I was growing up, where you could choose either path A or path B. And so clinically, so Clinician's Brief is, is, is definitely modified by growing up in New Jersey <laughs> in the 70s and 80s, unfortunately, for all those who are reading it. I love it. it. So, but I, I love that kind of stuff because it makes you think about what you're doing even when yeah. you're reading, you know? Yeah. Um, and Veterinary Team Brief, Plum's Therapeutics Brief, and then, of course, as you've referenced, Plum's Veterinary Drugs, which is, we all have our phones with us all the time. It's so amazing to be able to you know, get open it up and look. And just, just in case you weren't aware, there's something in there now called VMGs, which are veterinary medication guides. It's not as intuitive to understand, but those are client handouts. And you can PDF them on your phone and you can just get, send them to the client. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so check it out when you, yeah, when you go back. absolutely. Um, so Brief Media has grown from being one product to being these products, but really the purpose of Beth, Beth Green, is to create products that help veterinarians do their job better. And so, you know, that's kind of a broad thing, right? So in our eyes, we want to make sure to, to support veterinarians on every level, educationally, in terms of the veterinary team, and even in altruistic things like some of the problems in the profession with burnout and suicide, et cetera. Um, depression and those of us in the clinic know that we are our co-workers are the the veterinarians and the rest of the veterinary team especially technicians and CSRs struggle with that all the time and I still cry when something doesn't go right at work I'm very emotional and I cry and then you know it's the technicians that come and hug you and tell you and, and you do the same thing for them so I feel like our profession is plagued by the lack of institutional support for that kind of thing and also, so also for things like having standards, clinical standards where it's standardized across the board, how we manage patients. And no one is trying to take away the art of individual management and intuition in medicine. But we have to make sure we're doing right by our patients and not doing what works. And I think that's, you know. And I, yeah, I think that's a very, we, we, we touched on this before we started recording yeah. about how um, it's, it, I don't know a single veterinary practice that doesn't know of a practice near or around them that practice what we we you know politically correct uh, term old old school medicine right, or right. you know and it, it's it's one of those things that just it's frustrating for it is. if you want to be progressive it's very frustrating the, the downside is is that many clients that that are used to that sort of system they don't know any other and and, and they question what you want to do as far as medicine as being too much because right. they're not used to that. And I think that's a, that's, that's a fundamental hurdle that, especially you young veterinarians out there or you, you yes. new clinic owners, you have to really look at and embrace and, and try yeah. to deal with. Hold yourself to a high standard. Do right by your patient population. And I, I will say, you know, the changing demographic of the profession and the influx of millennial and very young pet owners who don't have children, may not have partners, mm -hmm and really want to do the right thing by their pets, they adore them. We should take advantage of that, and not badly, but in a good way, and make sure we're offering all the clinical, um, all the, the best clinical medicine that we can. And they're, they're, they're more educated. They are the, more these educated. These clients come in with questions that I, I always joke with them. I go, I love it when you keep me on my toes. Yeah. I, I think it's those si t uh, sort of scenarios that we really have to, to strive yeah. for, yeah. 
And it's it's also calling, making sure, because I remember, um, you know, there are things that I've learned from people. They shelter, there's a shelter woman that came in maybe five years ago, and she was telling me about pillow foot. Her cat had pillow foot, and I'm like, what are you talking about? What is pillow foot? And then, you know, it's plasma cell pododermatitis. And I was like, wow, you do keep me on my toes. Yeah. And it's, it's important to have that humility and, you know, bow to the knowledge of others where it's useful. That said, Dr. Google is a very insidious thing. And we need to we need to have professional pride. Oftentimes, I feel like I'm defending myself against the breeder, against the you know the pseudoscience, this kind of thing. And I, it's a, it's a hard hard line to tread because you don't want to sound defensive, but you want to make sure they understand we're not trying to we're we're trying to do right by your pet, and what you're reading is not right. And so, that's one thing. Brief media, I think we'd like to be able to help veterinarians educate. The clients, and that's something we're kind of exploring a little bit as well. You know, yeah, I think I see little tidbits of that as you go yeah. along because I can tell by the way some of the articles are written. Yeah. It's, it's not just written for us; it's written how can can you explain this to Absolutely. the client? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And Especially I, I, with nutrition. Oh, Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, I, I, there, there's a there's a couple nutritionists I know, and th God bless them because they are so patient. Oh, they have. Oh, They've from, not from both taken, sides, yeah. from clients oh. and vets. Vets, exactly. Oh man, I, I've never seen thing. someone walk the politically correct line oh ever. Yeah, and I think nutritionists totally are, are experts at that. They are. They are. <laughs> and we do things that we, uh, I, you know, I when I graduated from veterinary school, I didn't even have a nutrition class. No, I had no clinical nutrition. And I no clinical behavior. I, and that's what I do. I, I did. You did. Because um, we just hired a behaviorist. I, I'll, I'll tell you a short story. We'll, we'll, we'll take yeah. a break after this. But our behaviorist was phenomenal. She was the wife of our, our fish doctor specialist. Yeah. And she was great. Great couple. Great people. But um, the number one thing I learned about her, she goes, you know what? I'm always wondering, why do we have to wait X amount of time before training our dog? She got a puppy. And she started doing training things on the puppy at like seven weeks of oh, age. Oh yeah! And she, and so to me, so this is this is circa this is before two thousand people. <laughs> so we're talking we're talking over twenty years ago that she is doing this stuff, and I, I always took that. I go, this is amazing. It She's is amazing. She's doing things that I think is going to be the future. Because before, you said, don't take your pet to the trainer unless they've had all their shots, like three or four months, right? Okay. And she goes, I, I wonder what that window is. So exactly. she started experimenting, and it was, it was amazing. So really? I feel really fortunate that way. But, but I think business management courses, I think um, nutrition. And behavior. Um, behavior. And just client communication. Oh, my gosh. I think that those are four areas that's that. That's what that, we do. That's right? the, those are the top that's four things That's what we do. That that's we what see. we're not trained for. Exactly. You know, exactly. Um, you know, we're still trying to catch up on dentistry and dermatology. Right? Yep, yep, we <laughs> so, are. So it's I think th those are areas. And the new grads, I, I just had a, um, a brand new um, graduate. He worked for me for a couple months before his internship started. And, and he told me that he's really still not trained from a management course. He goes, no. he goes, I, I still don't know how much, like, you know, when you guys use all these materials, how much they cost and stuff. I said, yeah, I'm a little disappointed in that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, it's, 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 a, it's a, we're not trained to do that. No, and yet it is a business in yeah, many ways. Those are areas you know? we, need, we need to work on. So yeah. why don't we take a short break and we'll come back uh, with our wonderful discussion with Dr. Ian Dumani. You're listening to Your Pet Matters on 107.7. 107.7, The Bronx. Everyone has a weekend pet project and our producer does too. It's time for The Producer's Pet Project, your source for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and helpful tips and tricks to make sure your pet is as happy, healthy, and safe as they can be. The Producer's Pet Project is underwritten in part by your other family doctor, the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Small hospital, big medicine. 
1077thebronc, 1077thebronc.com. You're listening to the Producers Pet Project. My name is Matt Michalowski, and I hope you all are enjoying the show and your mornings. Dr. T asked me this week to bring you guys a pet project segment, and boy, do I think I delivered. I actually found this story on Twitter a few days prior, and I thought I would share it with all of you. The article comes from Insider, and is a kind of story that makes you really appreciate your pets. An incident occurred on February 21st in Des Moines, Iowa, where a 16-year-old boy named Javier Mercado was home alone at his aunt's house with their family dog, Rex. Out of nowhere, Javier heard the glass door shatter as robbers were trying to enter the house. We know the robbers were armed only with a gun because as Javier proceeded to run upstairs to hide after calling 911, Rex furiously attacked the robbers, but was shot three times in the leg, knee, and neck. As the robbers proceeded to tear the house apart, looking for anything of value, Rex limped upstairs so he could lick his wounds and check on Javier, who was hiding in the closet. Suddenly, the robbers proceeded upstairs, where Rex again attacked the robbers with the little strength he had left to protect Javier from the intruders, doing everything he could to keep the young boy safe, and was finally relieved when the robbers would retreat once they heard police sirens. Luckily, the robbers were never able to find Javier. After all of this, you would think the brave dog passed away protecting his owner. But miraculously, after all he endured, Rex survived his injuries with the help of doctors who performed surgery on him. Unfortunately, the family was hit with a large bill to cover the expenses and proceeded to make a GoFundMe campaign, where after just five days, their limit of $10,000 was shattered by over $50,000. Thankfully, Rex is expected to make a full recovery in as little as two months, and the Mercado family, since the incident, has dubbed him Rex the Hero Dog. I'm very happy to have shared this story with all of you, and I'm glad Rex and Javier are doing great. The story will be posted on our Facebook page, so you can check it out. This is Matt Michalowski, and this was my pet project. Coming up, we have more from Dr. T and Indumani. So keep it tuned into 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. That's a wrap for this Saturday's edition of the Producers Pet Project. Tune in next week for more pet news and alerts only on Your Pet Matters. The Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by your other family doctor, the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg, your pet's life partner in medicine. For more information online, it's BarkMeowVets.com. Hey, Matt, that was a great story. Well, let's return to our wonderful discussion with Indu Manny, editor of Clinician's Brief magazine. Time spent with our pets is never wasted, but that's why it's important to take the time to care for their health. And right here is the best place to do it with Your Pet Matters. So let's bring it to their lifelong wellness partner, Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. And let's keep their tails wagging with Your Pet Matters. No, sorry about that. The, the, the thing about being at a conference is you'll be sitting here and people you know will walk by and, and um, if you haven't met her, I did a little blurb on her. Dr. Elizabeth Conrad walked by. She is probably on the cusp of making feline medicine and the pro-source feline medicine. It, it's basically the future of feline medicine. I think yeah. that she, she's, she's a rock star, which yeah. is why I was completely yeah. starstruck yeah. So and had to immediately meet her. So we stopped recording. Yeah. I, I brushed her off. I love it. Was awesome. It was but, awesome. But I think we only had a couple minutes left, yeah. and, and we were talking about the. Um, what were we talking about? The stressors. Uh, the stressors of. We were talking about the stressors on on the profession and on the people in the profession. So, you know, I mean, that brings us to that natural piece. I, 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 in my dream, we would have really established institutional support to handle mental health, anxiety, depression issues in the profession, not just for veterinarians, but also for technicians, specifically for technicians, nurses, and for client service representatives, because it is such 
an emotionally charged profession. And again, we are a group of individuals who have found our connectivity with animals, first and foremost, with companion animals. We're not trained to be able to handle the big emotions that come with being a caregiver, with being a doctor, with being a counselor, with being, I, I can't, you know, it's, it's hard yeah, for I, empathic I, people to do that. And yeah. we need to do more. And I jokingly tell my team, I go, I'm not a marriage counselor because yeah. we deal with a lot of, of uh, divorce situations or, or post-divorce situations. And it's, it's, it's very difficult. Or even just, you know, and I, I mean no disrespect because I'm married. Um, is mm -hmm. that many times one spouse will not communicate with the other. And Absolutely. so one of my protocols is if I talk to one spouse, I say, I'm going to call your husband, your wife, your significant, just so that we're all on the same page. But yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. But, but you know, that's nothing that anyone signed up when they entered the profession. No, they don't. Um, and, but it's it's coming back to hurt us yep. because, you know, it's it's something that we need to we need to be aware of. And so I don't know, in my dream, I would love if we had a social worker in every clinic. Well, that, that, I was going to say that. So there is a practice in Jersey, Hope. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. We hired a social worker, I don't know how many years ago. I actually interviewed her. Her name's Jennifer Dern, so I'm sure she'll be happy to talk to anyone. But I think that is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And she is there. She is not only there for grief counseling, she is there for the team. That's the biggest place that she needs to be there for, is to have her there and say, look, don't you know if you if you if somebody yells at you that they're going to sue you don't freak out and cry and you know just come talk to me and and we, i just wish we had that availability even by phone it doesn't need to be in person right you know because infrastructure wise we don't have that ability but you know i i think that in this high stress profession with a bunch of empathic people who don't always know how to process or understand the, the, the things that they're, are being thrown at them, that would be an amazing support. Right, and I, like I think that. that that, again, has to be, I think we have to start from all our schooling systems, the education process, yeah. and then owners need to need to address that. But, but yeah. I, and I always talk to Jennifer, I said, man, you should be just, you should be a consultant because I can tell you 10,000 practices that would want oh, to All to over talk the country. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, it's something that, well, if anyone's entrepreneurial spirit out there listening, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's, let's get do that it. going because I think it, it'll, it'll, it. it'll be good for everybody. But Indu, as always, wonderful discussions. Just go yeah. like this, and unfortunately, time's up. I wish I could sit down and talk to you for more. Yeah, but we'll have you back pleasure. on the show. Sounds great. Um, I, I know we'll we'll talk about doing something in the future together. I think that that's I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah. But you know, but time is up. But thanks so much for being on the show, and I, I wish to have you on again and and. Enjoy the rest of this conference because it's okay. just starting. Thank you so much, Mike. It was great. And remember, everyone, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day. That's all for this week's visit with your pet's lifelong wellness partner, Dr. T at Progressive Veterinary Care. Progressive Veterinary Care, making waves in pet health care. To access more information online, go to ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. And be sure to stay tuned to 1077 The Bronx every Saturday at 10 a.m. to keep up with your pet's health with Your Pet Matters, only on 1077 The Bronx.